Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is the Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Welcome to the local church, the perfect place for imperfect people. I'm Eric. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're continuing this teaching series we started last week called Good News because there's so much bad news. When you scroll on social media, when you turn on the tube, there's so much bad news. And so we want to focus on what's good. We want to celebrate the good news. We want to, we want to create some good news. We want to equip people to share this good news. And last week, we, we, we talked about the, the, the greatest good news, the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And we find a very simple summary in John 3, 16. It says, it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Here's what that means. Those of us who've received the free gift of salvation found in Jesus, it means our sins are forgiven. It means we have a new life. We have a new future. We have a new hope. We have a family forever in this place called heaven. And nothing, nothing will ever be able to separate us from this love that God has for us. In the book of Revelation, it gives us a, a beautiful picture of what heaven will look like. And I think a lot of us, we have this idea in our minds that we're going to be floating in the clouds and wearing diapers and have wings and playing harps the entire time. But, but look what the book of Revelation says in, in chapter 21, starting in verse 1. John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And then I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I shared this last week, but a few weeks ago, I performed a a wedding ceremony. My wife, she was a matron of honor, and so she was dressed up to the nines, and she was walking down the aisle before the bride, and I started getting choked up, because we've been married 13 years, and I haven't seen my wife, you know, walk down an aisle in 13 years, and and my eyes start tearing up. I'm like, no, no, hold hold, hold it together, Eric. You're very emotional, but hold it right now, because it's not your wedding, all right? Don't ruin it. And then I looked to the groom, and man, Buddy was a pro. He was holding back the tears like... Like, like he was just a damn, like just holding it all back. You could see it in his face. His jaw was shaking. His eyes were strained. I asked him afterwards, I said, dude, why didn't you cry? Everyone can cry at a wedding. He said, dude, if I would have cried, I would have ruined the wedding. It would have been 15 minutes. I would have had the sub subs like, <gasps> like I would not have been able to hold my composure. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And what this is, this is a picture of this beautiful promise of something that that we desire, that we've wanted, and now it's finally here, and it's greater than anything that we could have ever hoped for. It continues on in verse 3. It says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their gods. We get to be in the presence of God forever. And I know his presence is here right now, but a lot of us, because we feel like we can't feel him or we don't sense it, that he must be distant, but he's making a promise that we get to be and experience all of his goodness, all of his joy, all of his love forever. But then it continues in verse four. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. 
Also, he said, write this down. Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. The promise that we get is that when we die, it's not the end. In fact, it's merely the beginning of a new life, a new forever life in the presence of God with his peace in our hearts. And last Sunday, we got to celebrate 21 people receiving that free gift of salvation right here at the local church. <laughs> 21 precious souls to God that are now part of his family forever and get to experience forever in this home called heaven. And this year so far, 228 people have surrendered and received this free gift of salvation in Jesus. And that's good news, right? I can't wait to see what God continues to do. But, but in this series, we just didn't want to share what the good news was and help us to share that good news. We, we wanted to celebrate some good news like we did last week. And so with your permission or with not, because I'm still going to do it, we're going to celebrate today. I want to share some more good news. Can we do that? Hey, Gabriella, we are celebrating your father being five years free of cancer. <laughs> Raquel gave us some good news last week. She says, I finally found some Christian friends, a Christian community in my school, and we're celebrating. We know how difficult school can get. Ben, Ben on the camera back there. Ben just got his license. That's probably good news for mom and dad as well, Carlos and Wendy. You don't have to drive them around anymore, Ben. We're celebrating with you. We're celebrating with Sulin, who her and her family, they finally moved into their own place. Their three kids together, they moved into their own place. We're celebrating this incredible milestone. We're celebrating Carmen and Christopher, who Christopher is now feeling better after he had a major open heart surgery a few weeks ago. He's, he's now back at work and able to be present. We're celebrating with you guys. And Zach, we're celebrating with you as well. He's been praying for his sister in Jacksonville for such a long time. And she finally came back to church and says she wants to have a relationship with Jesus. We just want to celebrate this good news. We, we have a good news booth out there. It's not a confession booth for all my Catholic brothers and sisters. I am not Father Eric. That is not a confession booth. I won't be back there with you. It's a good news booth. And we, we just want to hear of the good that God is doing. And we want to celebrate that. We want to shout that out. And so on your way out today, don't worry, there's a fan. There's some AC in there as well. We just want to hear what God is doing in your life. But, but also... And our hope was that, um, that we'd be able to create some good news as well. We know it's been a difficult season for many people. This church included, you know, as, as, as people have been out of work and people have been looking for jobs, you know, it's taken a toll on, on the resources of the church as well. But we know the greatest way to steward is to give back to God. And so we just decided we want to bless some people. We want to create some good news. And, and with your permission, can I, can I do that again today? <laughs> hey, um... Last service, we were able to, to bless two single moms with six months of groceries to help lessen that burden, to help give them just some, some grace over the next six months. And, and uh, we were also able to give away a, a laptop to someone who, who's looking to start their own business. And so we want to do the same thing in this service. Crystal Santiago, where are you at? Come up here, Crystal. Come up, Crystal. Crystal. Last year, she followed her dream. 
She finally started her own business. She took a big step of faith and started her own business. And um, God sees, God knows, God cares that your laptop is crappy. And so we just wanted to bless you with one. <laughs> we love you, Crystal. You matter to God. You matter to us. Hey, this service, we also want to give away three scholarships to some college students. And so the first one, um, she has been such a blessing to our church, uh, specifically the children of the staff members of our church, and she's been paying for college on her own, and uh, we just want to bless her. Uh, so Hannah, where are you at? There you are, Hannah. Hey, we know college is expenses, and you're working so hard, and you're serving so much, and so we want to bless you with a $1,500 scholarship for you to do whatever you need. Love you. Love the way you love our kiddos. Hey, second one is to, to someone who's near and dear to, to me and my wife. We've seen this young man grow up to become such a godly young man, and uh, he's been saving up to get a car. Um, and working and going to college and doing football practices. And so we kind of just wanted to help the burden with saving up for a car. Jacques, where are you at? Jacques Graham. Jacques, come up here, man. We want to bless you with a $1,500 scholarship for you to use it for whatever you need. We're so grateful for the man of God that you've become. <laughs> feels so good. Hey, we got one more. This awesome uh, intern in our student ministry, uh, paying for college on her own, doing things on her own. And uh, Jasmine, where are you at? I want you to know that you're not alone, that God sees, God knows, God cares. And so because of the goodness of our God and the generosity of our church, Jasmine, we want to bless you with another $1,500 scholarship for you to Use it on whatever you need. <laughs> it's not an ugly cry. It's a beautiful cry. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that we can do that. Thank you, Church Familia, for your continued generosity. You know, six months ago when we started thinking about what this series could mean not just celebrating the good news and all this bad news, but creating some good news of blessing some people. Um, we were just, it was so hard for us to hold back all of our excitement. We had to wait six months, and about six weeks ago, we started, we started praying and, 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 and looking for needs. God, give us eyes to see how can we help some people. And uh, one of the families that we were prepared to, to celebrate and to bless today has been so near and dear to us. In fact, we've been praying for them over the past eight months as a church familia. Um, but unfortunately, this past Monday, uh, we got some bad news that Melissa Squadrito, uh, she graduated and went on to see our King and our Savior, Jesus. And uh, on one hand, it, it, man, it, that really sucks. But the other hand, we know it's good news because we're confident. That when she closed her eyes and reopened them, she heard those words, well done, good, and faithful servant. 
And so we weren't planning on sharing bad news today, but we do want to focus on the good news. And so we, we've changed our, our plans. Uh, we know as we're preparing, and Leon and Mia and Sophia, as you guys are preparing for a celebration of your mom's life and all that she meant um, to so many here, you, you're going to have your hands full we want to take away some of that burden, so we want to bless the Squadrito family over the next two weeks with uh, delivery services for dinner so they don't have to worry about that. But uh, more than that, uh, Melissa, she was a labor and delivery nurse, and she was part of uh, celebrating so many birthdays right here in this church. And uh, we wanted to do something that would honor her, to honor her, her gift, her legacy of her championing women and being there. I mean, even in even in the darkest season of her life, she still had hope. She still used her platform to let people know that Jesus saves. And so today, to honor her, um, we're going to give a $1,000 donation to Hope Women's Center so that other women who don't know how they're going to make it and how they're going to give birth will have the support the supplies, the community that they need. And we just wanted to do that to, to honor our dear friend. And again, we... You know, I love God's word because it's full of good news. Cover to cover, it's about the greatest news that we have a home forever and we have a father who loves us. But it's also real about the bad news. You know, I know 2020, even some of you 2021, I can't believe it's nearly over, but maybe this year has been heavy and hard on you as well. And I, even sharing over the past two weeks as we're blessing families and meeting needs, I know for some of us, it's hard for us to celebrate. It's hard for us to, to be excited when someone else is getting something, but I'm not because maybe for some of us in here, there's, there's been such a heaviness upon us and we've been stuck in a dark place called depression. And depression is a pandemic as well. Over 300 million people in the world suffer with depression. One out of every nine human beings are on some sort of antidepressant. And one out of every five in America have been on antidepressants at some point in their life. In fact, the anti antidepressant industry has blew up over 300% in the past five years and there's, there's no sign of it slowing down and that's bad news. Depression, it, it affects so many people. It doesn't discriminate. Young, old, man, women, doesn't matter your background. I want to bring some attention to that as we talk about the good news. Because there's good news for those of us who are struggling, who are suffering, who are battling with depression. And we want to bring attention to that. You know, I think that, that it's still a problem today because there's, there's this big stigma with depression and anxiety and mental health. We hide it, especially on social media. 
Right? We show all the perfect pictures of our life and how everything's going well and look at the growth and look how good everyone is and look how well put together I am. But for so many people, deep inside their heart, they're hurting. And they, they cover it. They, they put a mask over their face, not just their, their, their mouth and their nose because they're trying to hide something. There's a stigma with mental health, and, and I, I want to bring some awareness to it, and I want to break it down so that we can have hope and freedom today. And I think one of the reasons why there's a stigma and one of the reasons why we hide it is because we, we don't see it for as significant as it is. You know, if we have a heart issue, we'll go to the doctor, he'll, he'll prescribe some medicine for our heart, and we tell people about, hey, hey, I got some new heart medicine, I'm doing really well now, but but we hide when we have a mental health issue because we feel like people will think less of us and you must be broken and you must be fragile, especially in the church. I think one of the reasons why it's, there's still a stigma and we try to hide it, even in a place that we like to call the perfect place for imperfect people is because a lot of times we give these pathetic responses that are religious to people who are suffering. We say, if you just would have prayed more, if you just would have read more Bible, if you would have come to church more often, if you would have just had more faith, you wouldn't be going through this. And so today, I want to set the record straight, and I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. If you are struggling with depression, you are not less spiritual. Being sick is not a sin. And what you struggle with does not define who you are. He does. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Behold, a new life has begun. That's who God says that we are. And I know some of you may not feel that way right now. And that's okay. But he wants you to grow. He wants you to get better. All of us, we all struggle with something. All of us, we're carrying something today because all of us are imperfect. All of us have messed up. All of us have, have some sort of baggage. But the good news is that we can be free. The good news is that we can be free today. I've titled today's teaching that's not just about forever. The good news is not just about forever. It's not just for forever. It's, it's for right now. It's not just about heaven. We got this beautiful picture of heaven where there's no more hurt. There's, there's no more pain. There's no more tears. But this good news is not just for then. It's for here and now, today. You are a new creation. We can be free. And Jesus shows us the way. As God's word, it, it has the answer to so many of life's issues. Definitely all the significant ones. And this, this idea of anxiety, depression, and ideation we get a clear picture in God's word as well. Listen to what Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.15. It says, for we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, listen, in every respect, 
has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. For those of you who are struggling with depression today, I want you to know that God knows. And he cares. And he loves you. And he has shown us a way through it. He has shown us a way that we can overcome. And so I want you to write this big idea down. I want you to hear, because some of you, you may be shocked. Write this down. Jesus battled depression and defeated its power. I want you to hear that. Jesus battled depression. Now, I didn't say he suffered with depression. There is a difference. To suffer with something means to give into it. I need you to understand that that first feeling is not a sin. That first feeling is a sign that something is off. Something is wrong. And what we do with that has the power to either set us free or to get us stuck. Jesus battled depression, but he defeated its power. And I'm believing that today we can be free. Today is personal for me. I don't want to see my church familia struggle and suffer with depression any longer. Today we can be free. Matthew 26, 36, it says, Then Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, listen to this, he said, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Now, last week, we talked about this good news, but this good news was not free. It's free for us if we receive it, but it cost Jesus so much. This was literally the weight of the world, the sin of the world, past, present, and future upon him. And not only was he going to pay for it spiritually, he was going to pay for it physically. He was about to endure not, not a lethal injection, not a firing squad where you know it's over really quick. He was about to endure brutal Roman punishment and he knew it and it was heavy but Jesus shows us the way out it was heavy upon him but he gives us a way and I know some of us probably all of us uh, we, we've never experienced torture right but for many of us many of us who are silent inside I think we know what it's like to feel pressure See, people who, who, who struggle and suffer and have gone through depression, one of the common things that we hear is that it feels like pent-up pressure. You're just always uncomfortable. There's this anxiety that something, you don't know what is going to come. And what, why that happens is because we push things down. When we're not feeling well, we, we push it down. It's okay, I'm just pushing through it. When we're angry, we, we push it down. When we're sad, we, we push it down. When something happens in our life, you know what? I, I can get through this. I'm strong. And we push it down and we keep on pushing down all of this until the pressure builds up. And what eventually will happen? We'll explode. Sometimes we explode on people we love. Sometimes we say things that, that, that we know are hurtful just to, to get it off of our chest. Sometimes we, we explode inside. We break down. We have a moment or a series of moments where we have no control. 
Now, I want to make this clear. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm a pastor. But I'm grateful that God uses both. Amen? So today, I just want to give one thing. I just want to share one next step that the Word of God prescribes that will help us relieve this pressure that psychologists agree is a way that we can relieve this pressure because if we don't learn to manage this pressure inside of us, it will be poison to our health and to our emotions. And so here's the big idea. Write this down. Everyone needs someone that they can confide in without fear of condemnation. Everyone, every single person in here, we all need at least one person that we can confide in without fear of condemnation. What I'm talking about is talking. We all need someone we can talk to. Because what happens when we don't talk, when we keep it in, the pressure builds up. Psychologists call this rehearsing and pushing down and rehearsing and pushing down all these negative emotions. They call it ruminating. And we get this word from cows because cows do that. They, they ruminate. What that means is, is they eat grass, they chew it, they swallow it, they spit it back up, they chew the cud, they swallow it, they spit it back up, they continue to do this. And I know it sounds disgusting, but for humans it's far worse. We hear something, we feel something, we push it down, but no, no, we don't digest it, we don't let it go through us, we spit it back up, and now it's more disgusting, but we continue to chew on it, and then we push it down again, and then it comes back up, and, and we allow ourselves to repeat these negative emotions, these negative thoughts, and we ruminate, and we go through all of these thoughts over and over and over again, and it's killing people. Depression is the number one health concern in America today. Because we ruminate, because we rehearse and we recite all the negativity. It builds pressure up. And Jesus understood pressure. Jesus had the weight of the world, the sin of the world on his shoulders, but he didn't give up. Jesus didn't ruminate. He released. Jesus didn't keep it to himself. He, he gave it to God. He released all of that pressure. Matthew 26, 36 again. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there to pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. First of all, you need to see that Jesus gave us the example that we can't go through this alone. Even from the very beginning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit in relationship. It's an example for us that we need other people. He brought his friends along to pray with him. You know, death isn't the worst punishment. Prison isn't the worst punishment. The worst punishment that we could experience is solitary confinement. You ask any prisoner who's gone through it. They would much rather their life end than being stuck in a dark room with no one to talk to except yourself. And a lot of us, 
when we are in our own personal solitary confinement that we place ourselves in because we're ruminating our enemy Satan, he uses it to speak lies to us, to make us believe things like, you're the only one who's experiencing this. No one will understand what you're going through. When you tell people, they're going to look down upon you. Your life is not worth living. Don't believe those lies. Don't recite them. Don't ruminate. Release them. Jesus, he brought some friends along, but, but I want you to hear this, okay? He didn't just bring friends along. He shared his soul with them. He was honest and transparent with them. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. He was honest. He opened up to his friends. Now, I, 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 can't, I cannot comprehend how God can be fully God and fully man all at the same time. I can't. It's just one of those things that I don't think we'll fully understand here in eternity. How can you be 100% of everything? But yet, he was fully God and he was fully man and he fully experienced sorrow. I don't, I don't understand how the one who holds everything in his hands like it's nothing felt the weight of what was about to happen. But again, he, he, didn't, he didn't ruminate. He released. He brought some friends. He was open with them. And when he prayed, he didn't say, take me home. Father, take me home. Can, can you end this now? No, he didn't say, take me home. He said, use me here. Not my will, but, but yours be done. This is important for someone today. I want you to understand this and write this down. The way out of our earthly problems isn't going to heaven. It's getting help while we're here. I can't wait to get to heaven. But if I'm honest with you, there have been times, even as a pastor, where I wanted to be there now. There have been dark seasons of my life where I didn't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to experience the pressure. I didn't want to have to pastor you guys. I didn't, didn't want to hear everything and all the bad news. But until I sought intentional help, until I had someone that I could speak to without fear of, I can't be the pastor anymore, I was stuck. But here I am on the other side. And here's so many of us, we, we've gone through it. And what has been the overwhelming help? Community. Communication. The head doctor at the University of Oregon's medical uh, department, he said this. He said that a morning with a friend and some coffee can bring far more healing to your life than all day long in the doctor's office. This is a secular medical professional who understands how important community and communication is. We all need someone. We all need someone that we can be honest with, someone we can share with, someone we can talk to. And this is why familia happens here. See, a lot of us, we, we know people, and we bump shoulders with people here, but we're not honest with them. 
Even those of us who are in connect groups, we realize we can't do life alone, so we come together, but we stay quiet because, you know, they don't, they don't want to hear what I have to say, and I don't want to share my problems. Everyone seems kind of holy, and they, they seem like they have it all together, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. No, that's, that's a lie from the enemy. Look around this room. Look around right now. If, if you've made some mistakes, if you've got some burdens, if you've got some issues, can you raise your hand? Wow, would you look at that? 98% of the people here are honest. <laughs> Today, we have the opportunity to, to get to know some connect groups and to, to get plugged in, to, to find a community that will fight for us, not with us, that, that, will, that will celebrate when something special happens in our life, when we get the promotion, when we found the new place, when we give birth and will mourn with us, when things get heavy and the news seems bad. What God's word has been showing us is what mental health professionals understand as well, that we all need someone. We all need community. We all need connectedness. But, but I want you to hear this. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize. This is supernatural spiritual truth. Don't ever stop talking to God. Ever. Some of you think... God is mad at you. He's not mad at you. You think he knows everything. Yeah, he knows everything you've done. He knows the darkest secret in your heart. He knows the darkest thought in your mind. And he loves you the same. This is good news. And the good news continues, not just for forever, but for today. He wants to get you help. He wants to grow you. So never stop talking to him. Listen to what happens with Jesus. Verse, 24, uh, verse 45. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. Oh, sorry. I, let me go back to verse 39. A little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In verse 42, Again, the second time he continued to pray. He went and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Verse 44, and leaving them again, he went and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Sometimes where we're in a dark season of our life, all we feel that we can say is just the same words, and that's okay. Save me. Help me, God. Help me. I need help. I need hope. But God will take even those simple prayers to meet you where you're at and to pull you up out of it. See, Jesus continued to pray. Jesus continued to use the same words. And then look what happened. Verse 45 now. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand. The son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See my betrayer is at hand. When Jesus continued to surrender to his father's will in prayer, his strength grew. When he continued to be in connection and relationship and surrender, God, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. His strength grew. When I was in my dark moment and I continued to talk to God even though I didn't want to, 
When I continue to, to give it to him and give it to him and give it to him, and even though it took a lot longer than I thought it might take, and even though it was a whole lot more difficult than I thought I could carry on my own, when I gave it to him, there came a moment where he gave me strength, where I could just get up and say, you know what? I'm good. God has given me hope. Where, where I could stand here today in front of this church family that I love and say that now I can lead out of my pain. I can lead out of my depression that I felt. That's the key. See, mental health experts are finally getting it. But again, God's word, it meets all of our needs. And from the very beginning, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And what God's word has prescribed from the beginning, experts are finally beginning to understand today that when we live with a purpose greater than ourselves, when we live with our eyes, not just focus on what we don't have or who we aren't, but we steward what God has given us and we give it away like we've given away today. That's where hope rises. Write this final big idea down. God will get you through what you're going through to be able to help others get through what they're going through. God will get you through what you're going through. See, the good news is not that God gets us out of everything. The good news is that we'll feel happy all the time. If you're around a Christian who all they speak is niceties and they're smiling all the time, they're lying. Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world and I am with you. That's the good news. Not that he gets us out of everything. Not that he keeps us from experiencing pain, but that he's with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. And we don't have to fear because he's near. And even if you're still in the valley of the shadow of death, even if you're still in your darkness, even if you are still depressed, if you would just reach out your hand to help somebody, both will find healing in that moment. Thank you for listening to the Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.